Any redistribution or reproduction of any part or all of the contents in any form is prohibited, except, ah, uh, who the hell are we kidding? Distribute it, share it, put it in your podcast, broadcast it, or put it on social media. Just give credit where credit's due. Welcome in to another episode of We're Talking Today, J.D. Byers, voice of the South Alabama Jaguars uh, on the television side, the ESPN Plus. Um, how's that going for you? You still enjoying the uh, TV side? Well, yeah, um, it, it spoils you a lot. I'll, I'll say my, my love and passion is radio, and uh, we, we kind of moved a couple of seats and we shuffled during the season because it's just cost prohibitive at this point anyway, because the, the ESPN plus endeavor from ESPN and the conference was that we'll outfit you with all the gear, but from there, you got to fund it. And part of that is talent and play by play color analyst, sideline folks and all that. So yep. right now it's just financially good sense for us, but at the same time, I, I kind of enjoy the, the variety. Well, Colin Lacey from Georgia Southern told me to tell you that you went to the dark side and uh, by doing television. <laughs> So well, I, no, I do radio on the, I do the road radio games and all the home games that aren't nationally or that are, that are nationally broadcast. I go back to radio. Okay. Uh, 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 basketball, baseball, I do all television. Okay. Gotcha. I did not know that. So that's good to know. Um, you know, I'm, I'm looking at, let's start off with your first game. I, you know, Su- Southern sure. Miss, uh, the game there. I think Southern Miss is uh, from if, if rumors are, are true, they may be in our conference pretty soon uh, from what I'm hearing. I don't know all about that. I would love Southern Miss back in just just from my days in college, being able to travel to Southern Miss. I think a lot of Cajun fans would make that trip, just like I believe a lot of fans are going to Mobile this weekend. So it should be a, a good a good rivalry uh, game again. So but. Southern Miss is turned out not to be, or at least right now is not to be a, a very good football team. I, I think Will Wade, who I've got a lot of respect for, will turn that program around and, and get Will them Hall. where they need to yeah. be. Will Hall. I'm sorry. I said, Will Wade. Yeah. LSU basketball coach. Close. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. We're all in the same neck of woods. Yeah. He, uh, I, I've said it. I do a, I do a show in the across Alabama Monday through Friday. And I've said, you know, it seems a lot like in that situation, uh, you know, you had Coach Coach Pittman at Arkansas. Good fit, wasn't a big name. He had raw materials. He needed to get guys who were capable of playing at a high level to play at a high level and buy in. I think Will Hall, though, was kind of like he switched the TV over to HGTV when they remodeled these houses and seemed to get it done in 30 minutes, that they take it sometimes all the way down to the studs, yep. cheat rock out everything, all that's left. I feel like that's what he's having to do in Hattiesburg. Uh, I intimately know Will Hall. We go way back. I was doing broadcast for my alma mater, North Alabama, UNA, where he played, won the Harlan Hill Trophy. That's the Division Two of the uh, Heisman. Um, you know, and, and he's, you know, even helped me when I built a house up there. As you know, so, so he and I know, know each other really well, and I, I know where he's from. I know his dad. He's a legend in Mississippi, and I feel like they will turn the corner when recruiting caps up, get, catches up to it because he needs what will uh, what coach Pittman at Arkansas didn't need which is talent and the people to play at that level 
it would be nice if they become, you know, in a, in a league, whatever that league looks like. And from a selfish standpoint, either, you know, over here on the Eastern side of it, if we could have UAB, Troy, uh, Southern Miss, South Alabama, all, all in the same league, it would be nice. But, you know, then uh, regionally, I think those are probably pretty good fits for Louisiana as well. I, I can't disagree with anything on that. I forgot that I, I do remember that you're a North Alabama alum and I forgot not, not even thinking about it, that we'll, will play there. Cause I know, uh, uh, I, I think he's a hell of a coach. He spent a season here as an offensive yeah. coordinator for us before moving on to Tulane. So I, uh, I, I, I've got lots of, uh, respect for coach hall. So that, that's, uh, great to know. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I've got multiple things going on. I mean, uh, I'm having a great day. I've been listening to the Beatles all day and I've got the reds on <laughs> the TV and Votto just hit a Homer and well, Suarez just hit another Homer back-to-back homers for the reds. They're, they're Ooh, down yeah. six. They're down six with six to go. I don't think they're making the playoffs, but a little too late. So, but here nor there, that's not what we're here to talk about. So I'm looking at, at the stats. And, and I, I said this to uh, Colin earlier today that, you know, stats are like bikinis, you know, they, they show a lot, but they don't show everything. Uh, Southern Miss had more first downs. Uh, South Alabama had only 31 yards rushing. Was, was that, was that just them stacked and 34 attempts at that? Uh, was that just a better defense on, on Southern Miss's part stacking the line, making you throw? You know, I looked at attempts in that game, and I, I just feel like because of who was back there throwing the football and the fact he's a veteran in the, in the case of Jake Bentley, if you need to turn him loose, uh, and a lot of it was starting field position because we had opportunities to begin in good parts of the field where you could throw and force him to stop that to open up the run instead of trying to establish run to open up the pass. Okay. Uh, and given, given that you have Bentley, who of active quarterbacks is like one, two, or three in all of college football and career passing yards. He's been in the SEC, um, and he's back in his home state, and he's got the weapons on the periphery and Jalen Tolbert, Jalen Wayne, et cetera. There was a lot of confidence that, hey, if we get this ball to start, you know, in the negative 30 or beyond, let them torch it. Let them open it up. And those chunk plays, those explosives, they just started to add up, started to get some guys in space and really didn't need the run so much. Um, and that kind of carried over into the Bowling Green game. They, uh, you know, Coach Womack, literally, we just wrapped up his coach's show on the radio just a moment ago, and he said, you know, one thing he'd like to do this weekend is establish the run game, which right now we're really good against the run, but we're not really good with the run. Okay. The, the Bowling Green game, I, I think at the time, people just weren't so sure. And, and I'm not saying Bowling Green's a powerhouse, but they did beat Minnesota this this past weekend so it turns out you know they going, rode the boat yeah and and you guys going <laughs> you guys going up there to to get a win on the road is, is is big and i don't care who you are and who you're playing road victories are hard to come by so uh did you did you feel like you you it was it was a tough game it looks like uh but again i think uh there a little bit more success with running the ball uh, but passing the ball uh looked good so um, you, you think just improving a little bit each week or how, how was that, you know, with the new coach and everything still? Yeah. And I think we're, we're getting some questions to answers on the South Alabama run game. 
Uh, you know, Kareem Hunt came in, transferred from Mississippi State. We lost what we thought would be our key running back in the offseason due to some legal uh, behavioral trouble, if you will. Uh, but then, you know, um, we got a guy that stepped up last week. Uh, and, you know, Hill looked really, really good. So uh, a guy that was not even known in the first two games got some carries and, and had about a 10-yard average. So we'll see what he does in this game. But it, Bowling Green, to speak to the uh, the 22 points, I don't think South Alabama led that game until the 44-yard field goal at the end. But at halftime, the points allowed, the eight were non-offensive scores. Uh, it was the safety, and then there was a pick six. Uh, you know, and it, it was a big mental error. Uh, Jake Bentley threw it right to the guy right over the middle, and I think he only had Jake Bentley to beat to get back to the end zone. So the, the defense, you know, was playing rather stout until the fourth quarter, uh, gave up some offensive scores there, but as far as the course of the game, very respectable. Uh, and, and luckily on special teams, the Jags got it done to get that win, and then, you know, coming back home, a, a convincing win over Alcorn. I say a convincing win. Um, some mental breakdowns. Uh, some explosive plays where you have so many distractions because you think here, here comes an all-corn state team out of the HBCU and uh, we'll just handle these guys. They'll roll over for us and didn't necessarily go that way, but still fortunate to get the win. What happened there? Uh, you, all right, so you, you were down at halftime. I know there was some issues with the lights. Um, was that? Oh, gosh. What, 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 how long of a delay was that? And do you think, I mean, obviously both teams oh, were in an the hour. delay. Was it an hour and 40? It, but here's what happened is we – so the new stadium, they put in these new lights. They're LED, uh, really high candle power, meaning they're very bright. But they also have that mechanism that will do the flashing and the designs and all this stuff. So kind of a flicker. When the, the pregame almost right before kickoff and the, the stadium entry and the fireworks and the pyro and all that, they're in flicker mode. All lights are working. We kicked the game off for some reason, though, and it's not until after fielding the opening kick, the officials and teams look up and go, hey, why are the, why are the lights not on on one half of the stadium? Really? And uh, the Alcorn coach did not want to continue to play in what lighting remained, which the candle power is so strong, it looked better than some stadiums I've been in, including, like, older stadiums like Legion Field in Birmingham. Yep. And, and he refused to play. And according to the report told back to me after the game was that we said, well, what do you want to do? Do you want to play in this? No, I, I can't play in these conditions. Well, you can get a hotel room. We'll play it tomorrow. Then you can pick or you can wait it out. So he's like, well, I guess we'll wait it out your call. So everybody went back to the locker room, but you know, Mardi Gras started in Mobile, Alabama, Craig, yeah. we're going to have fun. We had fun. <laughs> this place, they, they danced, they party, they played music, the band played and, there was some line dancing, et cetera. And then Co came, Coach Kane Womack even came out and interacted with the student section for just a little bit. And uh, nobody left that I know of. Well, that, that's, that, that says a lot to your fan base, and, and that's good uh, because it looks like you guys are putting a quality uh, product on the field this year. Uh, 15,000, uh, I see the attendance there. It, it, that's, that's a good number. I mean, there are times the Cajuns have not drawn that, trust me. So, uh, even with, even with some of the winning teams we've had in the last couple of years, uh, so new coach, new energy, 
new with, with oh, the team. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he expects a lot of them. Uh, he's not a rah-rah coach uh, in, in the scope of he's not there right before kick after warmups, the, the pregame speech to have you ready to run through a brick wall and then three snaps into the game. All of a sudden it's real again and you lose momentum. He wants it even kill focus assignment football, do the little things, uh, love each other, play for each other, play for your school, but more importantly, look around the locker room, play for the guys you're, you're dressed next to. Uh, and that's kind of a quality, at least from this broadcaster's point of view, I've always respected in Billy Napier in that you look at Billy Napier and you think, man, he doesn't look excited. Well, that's Billy on any snap or any day or any occasion. He is just who he is and he is going to coach you and you're going to go out and execute. And, you know, if you want to have a good time after the game, that's one thing. But, you know, I think these coaches are a lot of like in that perspective that they, they, they want to coach you the right way, expect you to perform, um, enjoy yourself, have fun, love each other, realize what you're doing. It's college football. We're not curing cancer. Just go out there and do your best. You know, it, you, you bring up the rah-rah, our, our former coach, Coach Hud, who, who I'm very thankful for because I, without Coach Hud, we don't get Billy Napier. But uh, yeah. I talked to one of the and, former yeah, – And he and I go back a long way too because yeah. uh, Will Hall played for him. And, well, and he actually, uh, Hud and I played against each other in college. Really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, he, uh, some of the guys were like, after he left, he said there were only so many times that we could, we could hear, uh, if, if you don't do this or do that, I'm going to send you back to junior college or something like that before you, you stop taking him serious. And I, I, I've been to a few practices with coach Napier and, and you never hear him get excited. Like you said, he, he's the same guy, whether he's doing a radio interview or he's coaching on the sideline. So I, I, I appreciate that about him, but I said, I I'm have nothing. I'm going to get in on the Craig. I'm on the, I'm on the Craig team now. Okay, good. I was trying to figure out earlier if the glasses are these were... both are yours prescription or are those blue light lenses? They're the prescription. Oh, okay. These are the blue lights from. Oh, really? Costco. Yeah. I'm at the, it, does it help with the computer? Oh, yeah, as far as the screen, yeah. The problem is these are also prescription readers, and I got the wrong prescription, so I got to get some more. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. I, gotta, I need to go down a little power. It, it, it's funny you say that because I, I get my glasses from Costco as well, and uh, it's you been. You got that been, shirt from Costco. Yes, I did. I've got two uh, of those. It, uh, <laughs> It, it, it's time for me to get new glasses. Uh, I've just, uh, with some health issues over the last couple of years, I've ran out of FSA money at the end of the year. And when I usually buy my glasses and usually I buy two sets of glasses and two pairs of sunglasses. And then this year, the last two years, I haven't had any money left over. So I'm like, okay, well, I can go another year. I can go another year, but I didn't know about the oh, blue light yeah. blocker. I'm, I'm definitely going to have to go back and, uh, yeah, and check them out. $9. Now. Okay. Good deal. So let's take a break and then we'll come back and sure. talk uh, Cajuns and Jags. We'll be right back after this. Craig Melanson and J.D. Byers, voice of the Alabama Jaguars on We're Talking. Welcome back into We're Talking. Craig Melanson and J.D. Byers, voice of the uh, South Alabama Jaguars. J.D., let's talk, let's, talk, uh, let's talk Cajuns and Jags. So what are we going to see? Uh, you know, you talked about 
the Jaguars having having the need to run the ball or having the not the need you have a good passing game in which can help open up their game where do you see this this game going I guess I mean for the Jaguars for a Jaguar perspective it's stop the Louisiana run because I think it's predicated around success with uh, Levi Lewis I looked at the explicit place too Craig that was uh that was crazy uh what do you have of the scoring plays and the the long gainers of over 40 yards were three plus a 35 yard run by Bailey Levi Lewis a 48 yard uh, pass actually I'm sorry uh, it, you know the running backs you look at a stable of three that historically seemed like they'd been there for 10 years uh, you know one starting for the 49ers uh, unless he's banged up right now but you get those out and all of a sudden here comes a true freshman and then between Johnson Bailey uh, Chris Smith, that's, you know, it, it seems like you just rebuilt and uh, not rebuilt, reloaded. Yeah. <laughs> uh, some of the familiar receivers are gone. But then Dante Fleming steps up, and he gets a 46-yard catch. Michael Jefferson, one catch, but it's a touchdown. It covers 48 yards. Uh, and then I looked outside of the explosive plays, uh, some of the drives, you know, you, you fall behind 7 nothing, and Louisiana answers Georgia Southern with their own 85-yard drive, uh, albeit in sixth place. But then it was red zone. Louisiana puts up 28. Should have been 35. I try to look at the game objectively on what a real score would have been because you look at a few small plays or maybe a minor missed assignment, and it's probably more like a 35-14 true score to me yeah. because you, you gave up the one big play um, – Gosh, what was it? Gerald Green had a 76-yard run, cut loose. That was a big bulk of his 186 for Georgia Southern. You take that play out, they're probably at 14. So Louisiana of 28 points, and it really should have been 35, only got the red zone once. So that means Louisiana isn't a combustible team inside the 20. They're going to score anywhere on the field. And you got to be ready for that ignition because the big play is going to happen and it can happen from the negative 30 or the plus 30. And I think that's because of a lot of things. It's play calling, but it's also having a veteran quarterback like Levi Lewis. Stop the run, force Levi to throw the football. I know he's had some – heck, he had 17 receptions last time out. But between the tackles, it's key because South Alabama, as of today, was number four in America, all of FBS, in rush defense. And, you know, one could argue, well, that's Southern Miss, Bowling Green, and Alcorn State. But that's 41 total yards rushing allowed by South Alabama in the last two combined. That may be the key to the game is how South Alabama handles the Louisiana ground attack. I, I can tell you, I really thought Imani, Imani Baby, you mentioned his big run. It was a broken play. Yeah. Uh, the ball, the ball, was oh. ball was snapped and hit off of Levi and bounced and right into the arms of Imani Bailey. And he, and he got the nice game out of it. I really thought this was going to be his, his, his showcase game this past weekend. Unfortunately, Georgia Southern was able to stop them. But the thing that is different from other Louisiana teams, in my opinion, is Levi throwing the ball downfield more often. You're not going to see if the running backs get that opportunity to break one, that we have lots of speed. Don't get me wrong. But the difference will be uh, uh, Jefferson, uh, LeBlanc, um, and um, Dante Fleming being able to catch get the ball downfield quicker and 
we'll see what happens there. The score of the Texas game to open the year, uh, any other year prior to this season, I would look at that and go, mm, I don't know if Louisiana's going to be good this year. But Texas now under Sarkeesian, it's all of a sudden like, ooh, Texas is pretty dang good this year after what they just did this last weekend. So yeah. you almost got to throw that one out from a uh, anybody in the Sunbelt Conference scouting Louisiana. That That's just not even a film you probably want to put in and, and try to use. Uh, no. Because Sarkeesian of those guys, didn't they put up 70 last weekend? Yeah. Against the Texas Tech team, that's pretty good, I think, too. Yes. So, I, I mean, I mm. think the uh, for the first time, I really thought watching us play a Power Five team that we belong. Not saying that we played, we yes. did not play well enough to win by any stretch of the imagination, but we looked like we belonged. It wasn't one of those sixty-seven to seven games at Oklahoma State or seventy-seven to seven ten game that I saw at Washington State University uh, back years well, ago so this is going to sound weird though because acadiana is acadiana lafayette is lafayette but if lafayette and that college program is the size of new orleans you've just accepted an invitation to the big 12 oh i agree i, I don't i had there's no doubt about it the, tr the tradition of football in lafayette the quality of basketball unbelievable baseball and softball, they'd be a fool not to take Lafayette. I think it all came down to market size and so many of these uh, situations on who they did take. I think part of it was market size. I think part of it was budget as well. Uh, it would take a lot to get us up, up near their budget, quite honestly. Yeah, yeah. And then the but American Athletic, another reason they didn't take some of the schools you think would have been logical is American Athletic, and I was talking to people in Sports Talk Radio who's very close to the, the commissioner of the American, they feel unbelievably threatened by the Mountain West for some reason. I don't they get think, that. They think the Mountain West is the biggest threat to be the next biggest conference outside of the Power Five. And I'm like, really? So that's why they're out there robbing their schools, and now they're going to create budget problems for travel I mean, it's a coast to coast conference now. And it's like, okay, have fun with that. Well, you bring that up. Let's, let's, let's spend a few minutes talking about that. And because, I'm sorry to take us down. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I never even thought of it because uh, I was talking with Danny Reed last year, uh, last week. And Danny, uh, we started to get into it a little bit as well. And I'm, 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 I'm so you, you get places like UAB, which sounds like it's going to go to the American. Uh, and I understand they've, they've got a medical school and everything like that. And that's what, but, but at the same time, when you get that coast to coast conference like that, I mean, where's all this money come from? It ain't coming from the TV contracts, you know? Uh, well, it'll be a big step up from conference USA to American athletic and TV split because the Sunbelt is tenfold. What conference USA is getting from their TV deals. Yep. It's almost non-existent. I mean, stadium NFL network, uh, they would love to have what Sunbelt has with ESPN. Uh, here's what else will happen. Not only are you going to spend to get people from West Coast, East Coast, whatever, and who knows, travel partners, is now there is cachet to being American Athletic, I'm sorry, Conference USA to American Athletic, and any coach, especially on your major sports that has an agent, is going to be knocking on the AD's door. Hey, we need to talk. Yeah. Now they're going to, they're, everybody's going to race. And I mean, do you look at them and go, well, 
win a championship. Show me you can compete at this level, hang a banner, and absolutely we'll throw some money at you. Or do they say, uh, no, my contract's up next year, so sign R. I, I don't know. I, but they're going to be knocking on some doors wanting some uh, bud salary bumps. You know, that is something that I've never – I I don't think I've thought – I know I haven't thought of, but I don't think others think of, is what what would it do to your your, your coach's salary tree besides oh, yeah. the, the travel budget? I mean, the travel budget for football is probably going to be maybe a little bit more. But if you're uh, if you're one of the, the schools that are out west, do you want to play 11 o'clock game on the East Coast where you're waking up at 8 o'clock to see your team play? Uh, you know, if you're the team going out to play it and you're going East, maybe you get back at a respectable hour. Yeah. But uh, it's, um, it's, it's very unique, and there isn't a whole lot of – upside financially back to the institution by going up to the American athletic because of the aforementioned, but also the travel. There is something kind of unusual though, about American athletic. Uh, I will say this, I don't know if it's cost savings, but have you ever noticed like in the sec in these traditionals that have been playing for 150 years, that there is a high percentage of them that the travel budget goes up a little because you don't really fly into anybody. You don't fly into Tuscaloosa necessarily. You don't fly into Fayetteville. Yeah. Uh, you know, you got to fly to Atlanta probably to get to Athens. It, and so you got to get all this ground transportation. Think about how many American athletic schools that when you're making your final approach and you're, I mean, the landing gear are down, you see the stadium. Yeah. It's like, where are we playing right there? <laughs> you know? and, and you might have to land in Tulsa to go to Fayetteville. It, it, and that's some of the things that I have thought out thought of with travel especially when you get into volleyball softball or even baseball yeah. for that matter we've seen we what happened. All uber yeah see we've seen what it happens though when we had to go to coastal carolina a couple years ago and our baseball team the flight got canceled and had to bus back then had to switch bus drivers and had to spend an extra night in and in, in, uh at coastal and then by the time they were getting back they just stopped in new orleans because we were playing lsu in baseball on a Tuesday night. So the guys missed two extra days of school. The same thing going to app. You're not flying into app. You're flying into Charlotte. And then you got to, or, or to, uh, what is it? Tri cities. So well, even if you go team charter, you're going to get maybe into Hickory. Yeah. You're still 45 minutes to an hour out. And you're going up the mountain. At least an hour. Yeah. And you're going up the and mountain. You hope you're going the right time of year. Exactly. So, yeah, we, we flew into Hickory and stayed in Hickory last time, which I loved because I uh, got a friend from college there and I, I was able to spend some time with her and uh, her husband. So it was a fun trip. And uh, actually, I think that was the first time we beat App State, too. So I think we'll be staying in Hickory again. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anything else about the game, though, you think that that's going to on the on the South Alabama side? Uh, one of the things that I think the, the Cajuns have had success at, uh, to me, when I'm looking at it, is the front line of the Cajuns uh, um, offense and the defensive backs, I think, play well. I think we played better at the linebacker position uh, because some people were back uh, from injury. But uh, it's one of those things that we are either going to stop you on the line or you might get a big run, and then we're going to hope we can tackle uh -huh. you after that. So there is going to be a whiteout if that means anything. I mean, it yeah. might add to, I think it'll add to the atmosphere. They're going to do the video board and the ribbon LEDs white. So uh, there's even car dealerships who have a car underneath the scoreboard on both sides. 
you know, some of the marketing. They're yeah. going to bring white cars. So nice. that's kind of cool. Uh, I was going to say it, not necessarily to the game, because I love these conversations you yeah. and I have, and I'm going to talk to Jay tomorrow. He's going to be on my radio show. Oh, nice. Um, there's not a Thursday game in the Sun Belt. Is what about App State, Georgia State? That just seems so compelling over on the east side of the divisions uh, after Georgia State should have beat Auburn at their homecoming and then App State being a perennial power that really probably should have lost to Marshall. Well, you know, for me on that right there, uh, I, I talked about it with Colin Lacey earlier today, and it was one of those things that I said, I think the thing that helps is the there was so much energy spent in that Marshall uh, uh, Marshall App State game. I think the 10 days off is going to really help app state and again there was so much energy spent in that georgia state game that was at the end became negative energy too what does georgia state do so i you know that's in atlanta i do i think so they don't at least georgia state doesn't have to pack up and go on the road again but uh i will say this man app state really put out a a good atmosphere for the television cameras really made the sunbelt look good they did, and uh, we're hoping that uh, in a couple weeks here, when they're when they're in uh, Cajun Field, we can do the same thing. I'm hoping our students and our fans saw that game because, first of all, it was a it was a great football game to watch, and then yeah. uh, um, from from a fan standpoint. So I'm hoping everybody sees the energy and knows that we need to bring it. So, but um, anything else? I mean, so you're right there. With not too far from Troy, I know that I know there's a little, uh, there's a little. What did you think of the ULM? I was so happy for Nick White. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the nicest people you'll yeah. ever meet in the business, and just uh, uh, they just dominated Troy. I, I was shocked. So we're talking about common threads. Um, Chip Lindsay and I played together okay. at UNA. Uh, he was my first recruit to take out when you're a player and they bring in a recruit, you take them out for a, you know, good time after dinner. Then you take them back to the hotel with their parents. Uh, he was the first one I ever took out and we ended up signing him and his dad was in our hall of fame. So Chip and I have a very long history. We've stayed very close friends all these years. Um, and then Terry Bowden and I are really close because we worked together for about five years and I hosted his TV show. And, uh, I knew, I knew when, uh, you know, some calls were made and I talked to some people and kind of knew that was probably about to happen. And I was like, dude, you're getting a good one. And a lot of people have thought his career was on its back end. And I'm like, dude, he's the same age that Bobby Bowden was his first national championship. Yep. Don't close the book on that one just yet. I think there's a lot of good chapters remaining. And then he brings in Rich Rodriguez. Uh, we're hoping for the best with his son. Last yes. I heard he was stable, but um, had the, the chest injury in the uh, football game quarterback. Um, but knowing what Terry can do, coach Bowden, evaluating talent, but then also attracting talent to places an average coach couldn't get you to come much less answer a call. I knew he would get them to Monroe somehow. He's a good salesman. The guy holds more degrees than probably three fourths of the faculty. And I'm not exaggerating. If he shows up to graduation, you know how the faculty wear their robes and tassels, depending on what degrees they hold. Yep. He will be very decked out. <laughs> he's got, he's got Juris doctorate. He's got masters. He's got two or three masters. Yeah. Just um, finished he's got his an accounting last one. degree. Just yeah. finished his last one a uh, year or so ago at Clemson. At Clemson. Yeah. 
so uh, very academic, uh, respects academics, respects academia and the entire faculty side. Not that he's not like he built a silo and it's just over in football land. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I kind of expected this. I really didn't expect it that quickly. It'll be interesting to see what the rest of the season does for the guys up north of Lafayette. Um, and then on the other side, Chip Lindsey with that road loss now has a chance, and this is intriguing, to go to South Carolina and pick up a win against the Gamecocks because South Carolina is not very good and playing thin, especially at quarterback. Yeah, I, I, I've watched some uh, – I've kind of followed some of their games just because that was one of the rumors of uh, – Coach Napier going to South Carolina. Uh, very happy that he didn't. So, and the same thing yeah. with Auburn. Uh, but yeah, it, it's it's South Carolina. I think Troy can win that game, but at the same time, they've got to play better than they played against ULM. It wasn't a very good oh, wasn't yeah. a very good showing by them. I'm just wondering if uh, it, uh, Lindsay's on the hot seat at all up there. If you're hearing anything, or is it too early, or uh, I think it got really hot last year. I think it was cool to kick off the season, but I think it's warming up again. Uh, so, I really – I think this would really help cool it off with a road win at an SEC opponent, regardless if they're good or not. Yeah. Any uh, surprise with Georgia Southern and, and uh, Chad Lunsford Lans firing? Uh, initially I was, and then somebody showed me the, uh, the viral Twitter video of the kid on top of the bus. And then I'm like, yeah, that's not good. And then someone else, uh, that you and I both know well, who has some good insight on that, uh, who's not been mentioned in this, uh, interview said, yeah, there were some other things, uh, going on behind the scenes. Also though, I, I think I'm okay saying this, that that is a part of the country and a part of Georgia where just getting beer sales approved at the stadium right. was an act of Congress. That was not well received. The president didn't really like it. The president had to go to bat. The AD had to go to bat. They had to have all kind of responsibility agreements on beer consumption, beer sales. And then you got a guy throwing a guy a beer on the way into the stadium, and he consumes it on top of the team bus. Uh, I, that was one of those almost like, okay, we really can't kick that proverbial can, pun intended, down the road. Yep. And I think they just did what they had to do, which was, you know, it had to be something else because it can't be wins and losses. Only losing by eight to the standard bearer of the Sunbelt West, Louisiana, is not bad. Yeah. And this guy had not had a losing season in his three full-time years of coaching, including a 10-win season. I'm like, that doesn't happen in the Sunbelt. Well, I knew his, his, I was getting texts from some of our friends over there and, and saying that, he, you know, if, if he gets blown out tonight, he's going to get fired. Well, it wasn't a blowout. The game was uh, close. But at the same time, and when I saw that, I didn't realize I saw the video the next day as well. So I didn't see it right yeah. away. So I was a little shocked. Uh, no more chairs. No, no more uh, elbow on the steel chair on the floor anymore. No. Chad well. Lunsford's wrestling move. It's uh, uh, I I was able to pick up a bottle. I'm a bobblehead collector, and I was able to pick up a bobblehead. Chad Chad Lunsford bobblehead, and then I text. I said I should have waited till after this game. It's probably going on sale now. So, but well, good deal, man. Uh, you know, uh, it's one of those things. I don't know, and I'm sure Jay will bring it up tomorrow, but. Uh, what time do you and Jay talk tomorrow on what radio station? How can, how can, uh, uh everyone listen to you? So 
the name of our show is uh, The Press Box. Okay. It's myself and it's Chris Stewart from the Crimson Tide Sports Network, Mike Grace, our producer. Uh, we have a network of stations across Alabama. I think, we're, I think it's like 11 now. But uh, our website is one of the easiest ways out of market. It's okay. pressboxradio.com. Uh, and then the iHeart app, we're also there by way of the Mobile Alabama affiliate Sports Talk 99.5. No, no uh, period. Um, so it's uh, pressboxradio.com is the best way. Plus, it, it re-racks all, all day long. And, okay. and I bet Jay would be our uh, podcast tomorrow because we take the best interview of the day and pod- okay. make a podcast. I, I can't see anybody being better than Jay. Yeah. Well, we, um, we talked about it. Uh, the, uh, you know, Billy Napier has not lost a Sunbelt Conference West football game since he's been here. Yeah. So, uh, which was kind of shocking. I didn't realize that. Uh, because uh, Jay said he puts more effort into it. So I'm sure I'm gonna let you guys talk about that tomorrow, though. I don't want to steal Jay's thunder uh, because he, he's Jay understands it a lot more than I do and everything. But it's uh, should be it, if he gets past this one Saturday, I'd say that uh, record holds at least through the end of the year. Yeah, I don't see anybody in the West beating outside of hopefully South Alabama could. Yeah, you know, you know what? Who my who signs my check? So I'm going to say we're uh, we're going to do it. <laughs> I, I understand completely, and I, I wouldn't expect anything else. So unfortunately, I'm not making the trip this week, so I will not see you. Uh, hopefully, I'll see you at basketball time. Uh, or uh, oh, so but um, so, but we'll talk a little bit off there here before we hang up. Uh, just want to say thank you okay. again. Um. Uh, been listening we're talking with craig malonso and jd byers voice of the south alabama jaguars jd thank you as always appreciate your time and uh, thank you we'll talk to you soon